You guys ever been to, to cookout? I just had cookout for you. You keep asking. We we went, right? Kaylee remembers it, but I've been, yeah. Okay. It's so a what, lot of food. It's I don't think it's a lot of food. It's a lot of options. What are you talking about? Your sides are two corn dogs and a quesadilla. Like that, those are the sides. Right, but you only get one corn dog. Like it's not like they're giving you a tray of corn dogs. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, like, but you get a burger, a corn dog, and then another side, which can be like chicken tenders. I feel like that's a lot. Like it's pretty legit. So, so I went. I got. Today. I got. When I was in Atlanta last year, I was going to go, and I got overwhelmed, so I drove through the drive thru and then I was like, "There's just too much going on." I was like, "I don't know what I want." I was like, "I don't." I was like, "I don't know what I want," but I know I don't want any of this. So I left. So I was like, "Yeah, it's it's the best because like may, maybe it is tough on those that like have a hard time making a decision. But if you if you <laughs> like if you know or like, it's like just, hey, you want something fried? Let's go to cookout because they have absolutely. everything you can imagine yeah. fried so so today i got chicken strips and they only give you three which will go against your a lot of food take here like it's only three chicken come strips. on that's the side of chicken strips no 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 no. that's the main because the mains are also the sides come on <laughs> stick with sorry me. sorry three mains here you get three mains <laughs> so I, I got i got chicken strips a corn dog and french fries and okay I, I i think the important part here is don't underestimate the corn dog I, I literally said the corn dogs. I that's the Dude. first time I went there. I got the corn dog, and, and it's, it's and it's. Yeah. And it, I don't even know if it's just like because it's cookout corn dog. I think it's just corn dogs in general are like a slept on food. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't ever think you need a corn dog, but when you get a corn dog, you're like, why don't I like always have corn dogs with me? You know what I mean? Are gonna y'all are gonna yell at me for this? You know, you know who's got a good corn dog? Sonic. Sonic has oh a good gosh, corn yeah, dog. That's what Sonic has a really good corn dog. And if you catch it every, you know, 50 cent corn dogs sometimes, like you just gotta really? show it. Yeah, it's like really random when they do it. It'll be like a Tuesday in November where it'll be 50 cent corn dogs. <laughs> and you roll up there and buy it's probably five national for like corn dog day. Yeah, it probably yeah, it's a few times day. a year, but like there'll be times where I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna go grab like an ocean water from Sonic and I roll up there and it's 50 cent corn dogs. I was like, give me a half dozen. Like a what now? You grab a what now? Ocean water. You never had ocean water before? It's almost like a carbonated Powerade. It's really good, though. It's really good. Go get it. it sounds terrible. No, it's it's elite. Like I'm when you me. go to Sonic, don't they have like the little drive up thing where you can just like park your car mm-hmm. and they come out and roller skates and stuff? Yep. Do they actually come out and roller skates? Uh, I don't know. Do you I really just normally go through the drive through? Do you utilize that service, the roller skate service? Nah. If I if, if I have time to kill, sure. But if I'm in a hurry, <laughs> no. I, I feel like they take, their, take it seriously. I feel like they take their time when they when it's like, oh, he's chilling. Like he doesn't need this food right away. Like if I'm in the drive-through, it's like, all right, let's keep it moving. Like that's gotta be wild, man. Just yeah. imagine somebody bringing out your corn dogs and roller skates. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon and welcome to the finals of the 2022 NCAA Golf Championship. Make it memorable, gentlemen. What's up and welcome to this week's edition of the Golf Step Podcast. I am joined again this week. We're going to switch it up. I'm joined by Carolyn Kupchik. Hey, what's up? And Ian Gilliam. That's me. So we're, we're, we're coming back after, uh, after I, I had a great interview with, with Lisa last week. Um, I really learned a lot, um, getting some insights into, into kind of the team dynamics um, at Ohio State that's always an interesting thing for from where I sit just because I don't get very involved with teams and players and this, that, and the other. So that was really cool as well as kind of just her de- detailing her story and her kind of timeline from, you know, student athlete to professional uh, game, then going, you know, 
assistant coach, head coach to our alma mater. So hopefully everybody enjoyed that episode. Um, we did miss a week as far as recap. So we are going to get right into it with a bunch of events, um, both last weekend and then the ones that uh, that finished up this past Monday, Tuesday as, as well. Um, I kind of want to start with with maybe the ones that that Ian and Carolyn had the um, the honor of being at, which would be the OFCC Fighting Illini Invitational, and then the Mercedes Benz uh, uh, Collegiate, I believe, is is the official name. Um, at the at the Mercedes Benz, we had Wake Forest get their second win in as many tries, if I'm not mistaken, right? Or are they three tournaments in? Either way, they've got two wins of the season. And then on the um, at the OFCC Fighting Illini, who who won that weekend? Oh, that was Stanford. Stanford. That's right. Stanford got there. Yep. Stanford got their first win of the season. Uh, Michael Thor, as, as as we call him, he got his first collegiate win, if I'm not mistaken. So, yep. you know, again, I think we touched. Let's, we, let's actually let's start there, because I, I think we talked about it kind of on our season preview episode um, where if we had some teams to watch, of course, we threw the Vanderbilts. You know, I've been high on North Carolina, but then I think one of the teams we we kind of said was if Thor plays well, Stanford could be could be something to think about as well. So in a, in a deep field, anything you saw specifically or, or what were your kind of your impressions from that week at, at OFCC? I, it, it's, it's, it's funny just because that field was so deep that there was going to be some sort of pandemonium between teams that like either underperformed or really overperformed. And I'm not saying Stanford overperformed it is very much. If Thor goes, they go. And man, he, he went that week. He was, right. he was unbelievable. Uh, especially in the final round, just uh, fired a 66 to close it out and only one bogey on the card, which that day, at the, I mean, like I said, we're, we're two weeks removed now, but the wind was whipping out there. I mean, they had that place playing pretty tough. The greens were fast. I mean, it's a PJ tour course. They're hosting the PJ, the BMW championship next year. So, I mean, okay. It's it is it was a tough track for those teams. Um, like I said, North Carolina struggled, Texas struggled, some names that you really didn't expect to be towards the bottom of that leaderboard. Um, and then you know, Stanford, Florida, and Illinois were kind of duking it out down the stretch. And, and, and Illinois was in it until the back nine. They were one okay. shot off heading to the back nine. They played the last three holes at eight over par. Okay. And that really kind of it, which was just weird because they'd been so steady all week. They had and, and they they, they've played that course multiple times and, and it was it was just a weird kind of finish to that event in terms of how that all shook out because it was just it was I, I was ready to go sit on the 18th green and watch them come in because I thought it was going to end there at one point in the day and then it just kind of Stanford slowly started pulling away played so so solid down the stretch and Thor kind of led the charge in that and ended up burning the final hole to take the individual championship so um a lot of good performances from a lot of teams. Alabama bounced back um, on the final day after kind of struggling on day yeah, one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Stanford played, they played so well and, and really played well just consistently throughout the event after um, kind of holding off some of those top teams um, through the last, you know, nine to 18 holes of that round. So, yeah, I think it's, it's interesting how you, how you talked about how it unfolded because um, I think this was our first look at Stanford this year. Mm -hmm maybe first or second look at Illinois this year. Um, so we kind of, we kind of got to see what, what, what their team outlook may be. You mentioned yeah. struggles on the back nine for Illinois. You look, you, you mentioned the, the opposite maybe for Stanford, you yep. know, in what would not necessarily be their typical climate conditions as oh, well, 100%. right? So yeah. like they were playing in conditions, not, not saying that they're not used to them, but it's not their everyday weather. Yep. So that, you know, that's, that, that's kind of, put that in, in in your notepad as far as things to remember um and then you also look at some of the other teams that 
that have played a little bit more golf to that point, you know, you get Florida, you get Arizona state, you get, um, uh, North Carolina, like you mentioned, where based on, on their performances, was any of it, um, I don't know, shocking, validating calls for concern specifically, maybe, you know, the two I'm looking at are Florida and North Carolina who are on opposite ends of the, of the yeah. league, right. Um, I think we, North Carolina's the one that kind of stood out to me. I would say North Carolina, Texas, but for different reasons, because okay. I think Texas was one where they ju- they're coming off a national championship, but they're also losing a lot from their lineup. You're losing the right. Cootie brothers, you're losing Cole hammer. And it's like, all right, what are they bringing in to kind of re up and let's go for another run. And I think, again, it's way too early in the season. I think that was their first event to be like, yeah. to write them off because they finished 10th at this event. But like, you look at the field, it's one of the deepest fields you're going to see all season. I mean, it's, it's one of the best fields of teams that you're going to see in an event, not a conference or national championship that, you right. know, this year. So it's, it's too much to write them off. I think it was, you know, and even Travis, who finished T31, he shot six over. So he, he wasn't Travis Vick. That is, he wasn't right. out there posting 66s all week and he you know carried them to this it was kind of just um you know it's a new look for them and i think they're finding their way but north carolina was the one one because i think we talked about them a lot here and they were talked about a lot nationally as well um from other big media outlets but it was just and they had austin greaser back and they just it just didn't click that week it just didn't click and like it, it could be an off week right like teams have that all the time but um when you're going against some of the best competition like to not I don't want to say like put your best foot forward, but to not like to show out in that situation is, is hard. To, it, it's, it's hard for those guys. I'm sure. And, and like I said, they're going to bounce back. They're so deep and they're so good that one week doesn't define who they are as this season. Um, but I was really looking forward to seeing them kind of go toe to toe with a lot of those teams because at fighting Irish, like there's some really good top heavy teams in that tournament and like them in Florida, were going at it at the end. And so, but for this one to see the whole field basically be, you know, national championship caliber teams. Sure. Um, it was very interesting to see kind of how they finished and they never really got it going. I think that first round, that 290 in the first round just kind of put them where they were and they just played that same way throughout the week. So that one was a little surprising, but like I said, you can't write them out. They're just so good. They have such good players. So um, yeah, just be, be, before I bounce it over to Carolyn as well, I think one thing that you mentioned the 290 at the beginning too, you know, I, I think this was um, in as, as opposed to some of the other tournaments we've seen, you know, we've talked about some of the low scores that have gone on in college golf. This was not one of those, right? Well, that was, uh, it's funny. I was going to bring that up because right before we left was Frederica cup where we were right. seeing 50 under par. And I remember saying on that episode, I was like, we're not going to see that next week. I was yeah. like, I'll tell you that right now. And it's funny is that 290 was the easiest conditions that week. Okay. There was like okay. no wind out there. It was sunny. That was the, like, if you look at the numbers, I mean, Stanford 270, Illinois 271, Florida 277 for the first round. Those, that right. was the easiest day of, of conditions out there. Because yeah. when the wind starts whipping there at, at Olympia Fields with how fast they got the greens running, how the rough is, and like, they obviously didn't have the rough like they do on, you know, when they host a tour event, but it was still tough. Um, but it was, yeah, I, I remember saying that I was like, we are not going to see 49 under par next yeah. week. I'll tell you that they're, they ain't going to let that happen at Olympia fields, but, and, and I think, and I think the important part there is when you, when you do have that first round that maybe not be at your best, you're not playing a golf course where you can then go shoot 25 under par to go make up that ground. Right. Like yep. it's once you kind of get behind the eight ball, it's like. Okay, now we got to come back. Gotta, I mean, yeah, exactly. We got to do what now? You know, same with same with Pepperdine. I mean, look at Pepperdine too. They shoot two eighty nine in the first round, and they never right. really get it going after that. And yeah. and you know, North Carolina progress. You know, they go two ninety, two eighty nine, two eighty four. But you said it like 
a five stroke difference between rounds at that place could be a lot more anywhere else, but they right. just, that's not a golf course where you can chase like big yeah. numbers. You chase down teams that are way ahead of you. It's just very, very hard to do that. And yeah. so uh, that was very evident, but it was, it was a great event. Um, great golf course, man. Um, and it's, it's cool to see those kids get that test that, sure. you know, some yeah. of the game's best players are going to get. And, you know, who knows some of these guys could be there next year. I mean, you never know, but, um, it was it was cool to see for sure. Yeah, Car Carolyn, any thoughts on on this event specifically? Maybe just thoughts on the leaderboard. Any any teams that you're like, again, surprised about, or you know, I, I was uh, um, really proud of their performance. What what are your thoughts, maybe, on this event? Um, mine, it was going to be North Carolina as well, just because like we yeah. had been talking about them, they had been playing well, so it was kind of shocking to see them lower on on that leaderboard, but. Right, right next to your your Hoosier. I know, right next to Hoosier. Yeah, they, <laughs> so, <laughs> I was hoping so they were around the middle of the leaderboard it. through the first like round they were, and a half. Yeah. They were kind of sticking around six to eighth, like kind of just yeah. you know keeping keeping up with everybody else. Marcus, I do have a question in okay. terms of rankings and shot, you know, stroke differential that you're getting in this tournament. Is yeah. that, I mean, you're looking at what thirty something shots between North Carolina and Stanford. Like those aren't, I would say. Division one's hard to, to say this because they, they go all over the place. So those aren't common opponents, so to speak. So to right. have a win against that team with that many strokes, like, is that going to make a big difference down the road? I, I think without looking at their schedule, you're absolutely right that it could be right. Yeah. Where, like I said, I can't, I can't definitively say they'll never play against each other again, right? Sure. Cause division one player teams go everywhere, but to sure. start your season with a win against a quote unquote, uncommon opponent with that many shots, I mean, right. that's gotta be. I, I think yeah. that one's important and, and you could almost make a comparison there with Arizona state kind of being in the same region, but mm -hmm. so far we've seen their schedule kind of be over this way a little bit. Right. Yeah. So like you're not, um, they've already got some of these opponents already on their schedule, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I, I think it could be interesting for Stanford because if I'm not mistaken, traditionally their, their schedule is a little bit more West dependent, like, right. Yeah. They're playing, the yeah. they're playing ASU Thunderbird. They're, you know, they're playing a lot of events out in Arizona, California, this, that, you know, yeah. Southwestern Highlands, maybe, exactly. you know, those events. Yeah. Exactly. So, so unless, you know, these teams farther East are going to go see them, this may be one of the few events where, where they come out, you know, mm -hmm. come out east and see it. So, yeah, I, I think I think what's interesting here, though, is when you have and again, none of these teams have a ranking. Like, I, I want to make sure we hammer yes. that home. Yeah, we, we keep talking about how good these teams are. But even just from a golf stat ranking standpoint, they have no ranking. So when I say Stanford and Florida is this and North Carolina is that, we're not talking from a ranking standpoint. We're really it's from an opinion standpoint. Yeah, this is as of right now. Yeah, right. So it's yeah. really more of a what we're projecting. It, we think it will turn out. And again, the data never lies either. Correct. So here, so, yeah. so 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 when we so when we start to put or when the rankings formula starts to put numbers next to these teams, it'll 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 make more sense. But I think you also have to think of of this in terms of are these good wins or losses for certain teams? Yeah, for sure. Right? So we talk about North Carolina and Indiana being two shots apart. Okay. North Carolina is probably a team that's thinking they should be a top five team, or at least we're thinking they should be a top five yeah. team this year. This would be a performance where we're thinking probably not a good result. Right. Yeah. But if you're thinking Indiana, you know, their expectations may be much higher than what we, from what the general perspective sure. is. Yes. But for them, this may not be a bad event because you are mm -hmm. getting head to head wins and losses against teams that we would I hate to say assuming, but will most likely be top 25 teams. So if, if you're taking losses to these teams and they're not by, um, you know, 
I guess if you look at Indiana getting a nine shot win over Pepperdine, like that's not a conversation that would be, again, again, it's uncommon opponents. So the fact that like that wouldn't be a conversation that would be had. So that's why it's like, or or, or even honestly, even the the nine shot win over Pepperdine, but almost more, almost just as important is a two shot loss to Carolina. Yeah. You you see what I mean? Like that's almost very important too, as opposed to, because there's going to be many teams that may be ranked kind of where Indiana may end up being ranked that will probably lose to North Carolina by more. Right. So now we start talking about common opponents and okay, my stroke differential against North Carolina, the one or two times I played them was not, there was not this big gap. That's going to be important for a team like Indiana down the road, you know? So, um, so yeah, v- v- very good point there. And in a, in, a, in a field like this, it, it's, you know, it's harder. And, to, and it's early, right? Like I know it's September, but like I said, it's, you're, it's going to be hard to find a field deep as this throughout the entirety of the season where like you have teams from all over the country multiple top you know top i'll put air quotes around because we don't know yet but top 25 teams playing together and i think it can help a lot of teams and maybe hurt some teams early in the season already so because you you never know where we'll be in april so right all right i want to hop over to an event i used to go to but i was gracious enough to let carolyn go this year (laughs) how how was how was mercedes-benz intercollegiate hosted by uh university of tennessee women um well so first you you went to a cool event event on Saturday night. Where, tell us tell us where you went and how and how that was. Yeah, went to the football game, the UT football game, which I don't think I've ever been to a city where their college football team is like ranked higher in their priority list than their football, like the NFL football <laughs> team. But everyone bleeds orange and white yeah. there. Like the car dealerships, just everybody the whole city shows up for their football games, which is amazing. Like, I, you know, that's great to have, especially as college football player, you know, who wouldn't love their whole, it's kind of like high school, whole town shows up. High school, but instead it's the whole state almost, you know what I mean? Yeah. Literally. (laughs) Yeah. People come from out of town, like trying to get a rental car was absolutely absurd. I think that's an SEC thing. And it's not because, you know, we always joke about the slogan SEC. It just means more of that kind of thing. But like, I think, I think when you look at some of the, some of the areas that the SEC is in, like there's, or the the states that the SEC occupies, I should say, there aren't professional football teams there, yeah. right? So it is kind of like, no, this is our professional sports team, you know. Exactly. So so yeah, getting a, getting experience that who who did they play and, and and how was the game? Oh my gosh, it was someone in. They played Ak- They played Akron. Akron. They played Akron. That's right. Akron. They the, Sorry, it was a real and tough like, matchup for them because they got killed. I shouldn't yeah. say they got killed, but like. By halftime, it was already 27 to zero. And I think they had like just scored another touchdown. I mean, it was, yeah, it, was it was kind of a not, not a good day. Was, <laughs> not a good day for Akron. The Ak- the yeah, Akron it not, zips. It how, was how, not a good. Was, was it was it still like packed though? Like was the stadium Oh, oh yeah. I, I mean the whole place. I'm I'm not kidding. Just orange and white. That's all you saw. And then there was me in a blue hoodie. Thankfully, it was a light enough color that like the next day at the tournament, they, they do kind of have like this, like baby blue. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't feel so bad, but I felt so out of place. I was like, man, I should have gotten something <laughs> orange or at should've. least white, like something, but yeah, the whole place full. That's awesome. That's so awesome. it was, it was quite the experience. That's cool. Yeah. That, I've, I've never been to a game that the couple of times I've been there for the event, but I've definitely been like downtown, you know, that we've had a hotel downtown before and like, you leave your room and it's like everything is yeah, yeah. when it's home football game Just it's crazy see. yeah um all right tell, tell me a little bit about the about the tournament um maybe the i know i always speak very highly about the golf course but maybe your impressions of 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 the event um some of the results going on what what, what were your some of your takeaways from the event 
Um, well, one, it's a very compact course. Yeah. Like, I, like, and it's long, like, it's not like it's, sh- but it's just, everything's right next to yeah. each other. Um, so that was quite interesting. Like there's one green by that, um, that bathroom like that restroom yep. area. Yep. Yes. And it's one massive green for two holes, yep. um, which was interesting to see. Yeah, no, it was, it was great. Wake Forest was behind actually for a while. I wasn't sure if they were going to be able to grind and get back, especially coming off the win from Annika because Virginia, after the first two rounds, I mean, they were up top and looking really good, but then the next day, Wake Forest definitely upped their gear and made a lot of ground. UCF though was also, They they got up there. They looked like they were in the lead, honestly, until the very end when we were going through scores and it ended up being that there was quite the switch. And next thing you know, Wake Forest was the one that won in the end. I I think it's interesting. You you talked about like, um, kind of like Wake Forest flipping that switch on the second day. So this, so this event, if I'm not mistaken, OCC, OCC was, um, the Illini event was three days of stroke play, right? Yep. Okay. And then, so for this one for Mercedes, it was 36, 18. So 36 on Monday, 18 on Tuesday. I wonder if there's a difference in those formats, not, um, not necessarily, I don't want to say like a fatigue type of thing, or, or just like, just when you're kind of on that wave and you're trying to get 36 holes done and you, cause you guys were probably pushing daylight at some point too. Right. Cause it, it is a long day. So like, no, actually we were, it was fine on really? daylight. And like you mentioned, yeah. Talking about that. You I guess think if you start early the enough, scores, what time did you start? Yeah. 730 probably 745. Uh, well, we actually had to bump it back because we wanted more time. So it ended uh, up being like eight something, okay. I think. But anyways, going back to like fatigue, you would have thought, but honestly, a lot of players had a really good second round that day. Like it almost seemed like their first round was a warm up, And then like the second round, they really played because just for example, Tennessee's, uh, Bailey Davis, her second round, she broke their, their lowest round record. She shot a 63, her second Pretty round. Good. Like she just got into a groove, five birdies on the front and three birdies on okay. the back, no bogeys. So, cause that's kind of what I thought. And that's kind of what Angie and I were kind of talking about too, is like, man, like they're going to get tired. That's 36 yeah. in one day, but it just seemed like the second round, everyone was doing interesting. Better. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I've always wondered those on, on those thirty six, eighteen tournaments. Kind of what you know, what how, how, what that does to the body, what that does to the mind, as far as trying to push for thirty six. You know, because that's that's a long that's a long time to do anything. You know, whether both yeah. physically and mentally to be able to you know to compete at the level that they're trying to compete at for eight and a half nine hours, sometimes ten. You, you know, if if not more. You know that that that's that's a lot to ask. So yeah, uh, what what do we think? Um, I know you guys kind of want to shove it in my face about Wake Forest. Um, well, right. I was going to say funny enough. So about Wake Forest there. And again, like talking about 36 holes, right? Their first round, 286, second round, 273. 273 was breaking this tournament's record for the lowest round for the team. Then they showed up the next day and shot 272 and broke their own record. But but they did. Did they? Did, did they prove it to you, Marcus? I don't know if they did. Like, <laughs> I just had a question. Yeah, I just wanted to chime in and ask that. I've 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 talked to the committee um, mm-hmm. and by the committee, I mean me. Um, <laughs> and I think my tune is changing. OK, not I'm, I'm, changed. It's in the process. It's in the process. Changed. We okay. still have a little bit of paperwork to do um, okay. to see if it's an official a little red tape. We got to get through. Exactly. I don't want to, yeah. you know. Right. Don't want to be premature here, but you can just dive in, like come up, like come to our side because it's <laughs> no, it's I, fun I, over here. They win, like it's, yeah, it's, fun. it's fun over yeah. here. Yeah. yeah, no, I I think I I think I 
no, for sure. They're, 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 they're the real deal. Obviously, you know, I think again, Amelia is adding something to the lineup that is obviously proving useful. You know, she was T18 this week as well. I, I think being able to slide her into the lineup seamlessly and not having that just again, be a bottom person, but somebody in kind of the middle of your lineup a contributor for sure. And that yeah, is, yeah. To, as of now, consistently counting. You, you, like, that's the other part, too. It's not like, oh, maybe we'll get this a couple times. Maybe we'll, and it's like, no, she's she's right where where, where you would want to fill somebody in, in the lineup where they need it. Because they've already got two players that that are all Americans, you know, at the at, at the very least. Um, So to be able to slide somebody just on the back end of that, I, I think it's proven more valuable maybe than I estimated even. Um, So, so yeah, they are, they are off to a hot start. And, yeah, they've, they've, they've proved it to me at this point. Uh, what, what were you going to say, Carolyn? I think you were going to tag something on. Yeah. So I just wanted to, so like at one point, um, UT's coach, I'm probably going to butcher her last name, um, but Diana Cantu. Yep. Cantu. Yep. Cantu. Um, she had brought up to Angie that last year, the winner, which was BYU mm-hmm. was plus two. And then this year we kind of, Angie just kind of brought it up. She was like, we're now at 21 yeah. under that was the winner. And she was kind of, you know, asking why there's such a big difference. And, and she was like, you know, is it the course? Are we just not playing it as tough? Is it, you know, what's happening? And my kind of response to her was one, you just have a different field here. You have Wake Forest, you've got UCF, you've got Virginia. And I was like, so you're adding these big teams here. But then too, I was like looking at the different, like the yardage wasn't very different or anything from this year to last year. But I was like, you know, you have these different teams and you're having schools trying to just like Lisa Strom at Ohio State, what can I get my kids to use to get better at whatever it is that they need to, whether it's putting, short game, you know, irons, whatever. It's just everyone is working harder and there's more stuff out there to help them get better. So it's like, it's just the change of the game as well. But definitely I would say the field. So anyways, my question too is what you guys thought on that. On on the event specifically, or on the on the on the scores yeah, being just lower, on that lower, huge, or the scores yeah. being lower. No, yeah. I, I I I would agree. I think you made a fantastic point that I, I think the teams are. And, and again, this is no knock to previous years' field, but that's I think a I, field, yeah, yeah. That's but what I, I, was I think thinking. when you when we found out that Wake Forest was in the field, I think I was like, oh, that's. I don't think they're traditionally in this field. I think that the teams are better. That are you know, again, we're we're even talking about Michigan finishing middle of the pack here when they were a top whatever team last year. You know. Um, I, you know, Purdue's always very competitive in the Big Ten. That's a team that you would expect to be maybe if it were last year's event kind of towards the top. I think Kent State has won this event at least in the past yeah. two or three years, you know, so they have, yeah. you know, and Michigan State is always either one or two in the Big Ten when it comes to Big Ten championship standings, that kind of thing. You uh, Tennessee almost won it last year. I think maybe had a slower uh, second day. So they almost won their home event last year. So so again, like I, I think the, the field is just better, too. So, yeah. Obviously, I wasn't there, but to think twenty-one under won it is like, wow! Like where, where, where they get those birdies? <laughs> you know, like it, it, it is a, it's an interesting place, man. It's a cool golf course. Uh, what, what what about you, Ian? No, I I agree. That's just, depth of field is the thing, right? Like, I mean, just to have those teams in there put that performance together. I I just wanted to chime in on Wake Forest one more time, just because I, it's an Ian was right moment. Like I said this back in August, and I was ridiculed profusely by Marcus. So um, we're just gonna keep riding that through May through Greyhawk. So keep okay. keep an eye on that, everybody. Listen, I I am yep. more than willing to to eat my words. I have I'm rooting for everybody here. Okay? <laughs> Just rooting for a good time. Oh, I'm not rooting against anybody. I just like being right. I just you're... like being right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. 
Oh, cool. So let's let's go and hop over into some of the events. Um, I believe that finished um, this past week. I do want to go over to the conference. That means just a little bit more uh, based on their slogan would be the SEC had an SEC specific event called the SEC match play. It's with three been, strokes, three rounds of stroke play. Started out with three rounds of stroke play, which is, again. It just sounds like you're salty about me, this. Me like, or Ian? I just don't. No, so, okay, no. So let, let me start. Salty let, about no, it. Let I me just, start. Okay. I want to start. I want to start. So. So I just just because it's so this like I'm I'm not making fun of this event at all. Like I think it's an and obviously this is one of the events that had like the most eyes on it this past week because a lot of great teams are there. Like a lot I just of like the irony. That's what no, I think is so, funny. Yeah. So I I think they're still trying to tweak the event. Last year it was just a match play event. Um we, we didn't score it last year, but I, I was kind of involved in just trying to make sure the the results got over correctly to golf stat and this that kind of thing. And they did it, I can't remember how many rounds it was, but it was um it was it was a full match play event. It may have been four or five rounds worth of matches. Okay, I, I think just in talking to to those that do host match play events in regular season, and then how that translates into rankings, they they don't necessarily prefer using competition dates, especially three or four of them for a match play only specific event because you're only getting three or four head to head wins or losses when you could use those days to play stroke play and get thirteen. Right. And you can have true stroke stroke differentials. So, again, for our listeners out there that are we haven't gotten into the rankings thing, but match play doesn't. Um, I, I think it's great for college golf. I, I think it's awesome that we put it on TV and have it as our, our national championship decider. That, that part's awesome. It's not a great fit or at least a one to one fit with how stroke plays input. So you get a head to head win loss against each team that you play and your stroke differential is determined by um the the difference in holes one okay which I, so your potential to gain strokes or to link or to, to to widen that stroke differential is less in match play because you you only lose one hole right you can't you can't have a, a double and, and par situation where you you got two shots there okay you it doesn't matter if your kid shot 80 and the other shot 83 if they only lost two holes it's only two okay so that's why that's why i think for regular season events they try to stick to as much stroke play as they can. Okay. So last year it was three or four rounds of match play this year. They wanted to have some type of stroke play um, portion so that they could get the stroke differentials and head to heads and feel like probably that they're using their competition base a little bit better and then get into a match play situation. I've, I've, I've talked with them about maybe next year's format where they may be trying something a little bit different. I think it's still going to be closer to what they did this year, but they may split it a little bit different. So that um, like do two stroke two match something yeah. like that. Or, or I think they've talked about splitting it into divisions so that it's kind of like an sec East sec West for two different stroke play kind of things. And then they kind of play their, cha- their, their match play based on the results of each division that kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I think, I think they're just still kind of tweaking it to see what works. You know, you don't, you don't figure out an event that hopefully you think will be longstanding in the first time you try it, especially when you're trying to mix two different formats. So I, I think they're still working on it. Let's talk about the results. So as somebody put out a tweet, I'm going to get the credit wrong here. It was Brentley or Lance or somebody. It's talking about how, how good Vanderbilt's been since basically start of spring last year, where I think their worst finish in, in stroke play has been second. Right. And they've literally won everything else in stroke play. Okay, which is hot. I think the only reason we're not talking about it more or it took so long to talk about this is because we did get a break over the summer. Typically, you see something like this, you know, spring or sorry, fall to spring, and it feels like it's a continual year. This time we get the break in the summer, so it feels like it's two separate segments. But they've been on a hot run literally since since start of spring. Um, So they go ahead and win again um, in the stroke play portion of SEC stroke play. Auburn up there again. They've had a really hot start. Um, Tennessee 
was playing really, really well as well. Um, I believe, let me double check here. Yeah, Matthew Riddell won. Uh, Gordon Sargent right behind him at 12 under. Um, also Garrett Endicott and Jake Hall. Um, and then Nick Cassidy and Daniel Rodriguez as well. So you you had some players absolutely playing in that stroke play event or in the stroke play portion, I should say. Um, any, any initial thoughts about the SEC SEC match play, stroke play, whatever whatever you want to call it, the SEC event? I think Florida is a little surprising just because of the quality of golf that they played early yeah. in the season. Because um, <clears throat> this is what their third – is this third or fourth event for them, which it just feels like a lot in a short period of time. But And, and that's what I was – And maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. Yeah. But I was going to kind of point to that too. Like, again, we started off by talking about Vandy – finishing no worse than second in stroke play stuff since last last uh spring but like most teams um you can't do it every week well as i said we talked about north carolina at olympia fields like you have an off week there are times i guess like we just maybe this is just me like we get into this mode where we watch teams compete every week and are successful every week that we it almost becomes an expectation for some of these top teams and again that's a fault of my own probably and i'm sure there are other people that have done the same thing but maybe that's kind of where that opinion is coming from. Cause like you said, they're, they're college kids. Like they're playing consistently. They don't have, you might not have it every week. And so, uh, but 10th was just, it, it just sure. felt a little off. Yeah. Um, and by 30 but students. yeah, it just felt a little off. That was all. And maybe, like I said, maybe it was an off week. Who knows? But that one just like from, from two really solid performances to start the season to then a 30 stroke loss. Like that's, and again, it's, they had lost to other teams along the way. I'm just saying from the, the winner to where they sat, um that just felt it just felt weird and I don't know maybe that was just me but I I honestly don't have a whole lot of thoughts about the stroke play portion because I think a lot of these teams are kind of close from a talent standpoint Mm -hmm. like I don't think there's a lot of separation when you get to kind of the middle of this leaderboard so they could really be organized in any fashion and it wouldn't surprise me yeah you know um so I to me a lot of the intrigue is really more about just who who won and who who was in contention to win so other than that i don't have anything to match play right i was gonna actually talk about the match play because you know we talk about vandy and and florida yeah. and you know how kind of that expectation of them being really really good teams and they go to match play and vandy lost their their match play to tennessee Correct. but then florida was just fine in their match yeah. play so it is kind of interesting how you can you know what the difference is do you, do you- between stroke yeah and, and and i think that's that's an important part to, to bring up not only on on this episode with the, or this specific event but like just kind of when we think about the season in general and how do you become a national champion and it requires you win three match play matches in a row yeah you know um there's not a lot to fault or to point to in what vanderbilt's done again in the last a little over half a year or whatever but if you did want to say there's a blemish it's it's the match play record and it's not like they're getting blown out of the water but they haven't won they lost. Okay. They, that, that was the one they did lose. If that makes sense. I don't, I don't want to say sound the alarm because match play is some, so, so unpredictable, but do you mm-hmm. think there is something for both of you? Do you think there's something, um, does that say anything about a team? If, if, if you're not seeing the same results in match play as you are in stroke play, like, is it a cause for concern? Can you, do you think you can practice that differently? Do you think you can plan that differently or is it just a, Hey, it just wasn't our day in match play. I, I don't think it's a cause for concern, one, because it's early in the season. But I guess my other question was, and this was actually a conversation that I had this week with, with a few coaches. We were talking about some stuff was, is should metal match play be the, the preferred version of this? Because Division Two uses it and it can get pretty exciting because 
every shot matters through an entire your entire round. And so I wanted your opinion on how you felt about that. And is it better for TV? Is it better for, I, I, I don't know. I just, I think it could be very intriguing at the division one level, but you, what say you Marcus? I, I like, I like how it is. I think if there was only one tweak, I would eliminate um, one day of the stroke play. Like if we were talking about a, like a championship format change, like go no cut basically, or would you cut a day earlier? Or would you just no cut all however many teams play? And then you cut to eight and you're through. I, I honestly think if you make it to a national championship, you should play all the, all the stroke play portion of it. And just, I agree. We play most of our events, 54 holes anyway. So just keep it 54 hole stroke play. And then after that, you can take the top eight teams and then you can do whatever you want to match play wise. Um, I think the, the, the I, I think all of it's good for TV. I think the cut helps the TV portion because you don't have to cover as many teams. Yeah, You don't have to, um, it would be a tea time nightmare to try to get those t- teams in your coverage window. If you still had to put, was it 32, 33 teams out there, right? With the, with the two waves that we do on, on the first three days. So I, I would imagine that's kind of the reason why, you know, there is a cut. Um, and then obviously the match play portion as well. I, I like match play deciding a national champion, not only from a TV standpoint, but from a competition standpoint. I think it's easier on the viewer, whether that be just by refreshing golf stat or by watching it on TV. It's understand. I think it's easier to understand that I just have to beat that team across for me to get a trophy. I think it's more exciting too. I, I think it is too. I, and, and we've had phenomenal finishes just about every year in the match play portion. I don't think that's worth giving up. I mean, metal match play is still match play. It's just you're counting strokes instead of counting holes. Like I'm, I'm not saying get rid of match play in general and give it to whoever wins the stroke play portion. I guess I was more posing the question of they use it at other divisions. And I've seen it in person, and it's pretty exciting itself as well. Is that a conversation that could have could be had at some point in time? I'm not saying that it should be. I'm just saying. I, I, I think there's a valid case there. I also think in metal match play, you would be um, more – it would be more more likely that you have matches that are blowouts and don't need to go any further, right, where you a kid's up by six or seven through however many holes. And in traditional match play, you could go ahead and that match is done at that point. Right. Which, again, also helps TV. Right. Because you can focus on the ones that are competitive at that standpoint. Um, I think there would be I think you could run into situations where, yeah, kids up six or seven, but we still got to play the last three holes. Yeah. Anything could happen. But those are typically rare situations. Yeah. You know, but that's not to say that, like, it doesn't provide excitement. You know, I was at D2 Men's National Championship a couple years ago at, at um, PJ National and the wind was blowing like crazy. And that one was decided by, oh my goodness, four shot lead or whatever, five shot lead going into the last couple holes, but they got to go play the bear trap in 40 mile an hour winds. So four or five shots is not a lot, you know? Yeah. So And that happened this year at D2 Women when Finley won the same exactly. thing. That And I guess maybe that's the bias that I had. And not biased because I don't view one better than the other. I guess I'd never seen metal match in person. Sure. And so sitting there watching it come down the stretch with a girl has a six stroke lead with four to play and she makes a six or a seven on a par three and it's like oh man here we go into the final two and they're within each other like within one to two shots and it finishes on 18 green like i guess i find that like everything goes to 18 like that was i found intriguing and so again I, i don't think one's better than the other i just i wanted another person's opinion because obviously you had seen both sides sure. you know the division two and then a division one and kind of where your head was at with that and and that could also be be uh venues not saying we should change it every venue but like i also think metal match play is better 
depending on venue too right so like obviously, oh yeah pga I, national is not a bad place to have it exactly you, yeah. I, I think if you're going to greyhawk you know like those last couple holes there's not a whole lot of room for disaster mm -hmm. right so like if you do have a four or five shot lead on the last hole there's not really a whole lot like unless sure. you just do some really stupid stuff there's there's yeah. not a whole lot that can change that match at that point you know you're yeah. really just taking up time you know so yeah. I, 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 that that would kind of be my opinion on it, but no, I I I think both I think both fit where for for both chains where they're at, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, I was gonna say for you know, there's a high risk, high reward kind of for regular match play compared to metal match play because you you have more time be able to come back in metal match play, whereas in regular match play you just don't have that. You don't have oh you know I'm down six strokes but i still have eight holes or so to make it's hard a to come back it's it is you know in match play it's if you're yeah. down six holes that's it's pretty much over at that point right. which i do think that makes it a bit more exciting regular match play because you have to flip that switch if you're down even just a couple holes it's hey i need to grind i need to come back and i need to make up these holes sooner rather than later because that can make all the difference as to whether or not you win that match compared to metal match play where you have to go and finish out every single hole. It's also just a completely different mindset because you're not, again, you're not worrying about the strokes. So kind of going back to it, how do you train for that? You know, I, I don't really know other than maybe having match plays as a practice um i personally don't ever remember cage cage fights you just have cage fights <laughs> <laughs> yeah but practicing any kind of match plays but i do remember one of my last tournaments was a match play and i'm not knocking metal match play at all like it is definitely still exciting just me personally my own personal opinion um i do prefer regular match play i, I just want to touch on a couple more events before we get into team of the week um florida state women they get their first win of the year at the schooner uh, hosted by Oklahoma. Um, not that this is a slept on team, but this is a team that's been top 10, top 15 for the past three, four years with Amy Bond um, at, at head coach. Again, not saying this is three, four wins in a row, but I, I think them getting their first win is at least a, hey, we're we're still here, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so it was, was good to see them get their first win. Um, what, Ian, you said you you knew what a schooner was. I'm not from that region, so I don't know I mean, I mean I'm not either. I just happened to reside there for a little bit. Um, so what's a what's a schooner? I the sooner schooner itself, which I believe that's what the event was called at one point in time. Okay. Cause I I went to the event uh, a few years ago. Um, is the carriage we'll call it oh, that so it's the, if it's you the thing watched, with the white yes, top thing. Okay. Yes, okay. yes, 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 okay. yes, yes. I was also thinking when I saw they won this event, um, unless it's like they just use the same photo for every event they win, I think they get a guitar for winning. Well, yeah, uh, so it's Toby Keith's tournament. So that's at Belmar Country Club, which is Toby Keith's home course. Okay. So um, so it's very similar to the Darius Rucker where like he puts on a show for them. He kind of does. Um, yeah. And they get a guitar there as well, right? Which which I think Florida State won like in the past couple of years. Okay. So well, what, there you go. what I'm, Put in what the I'm thinking case. is Florida State just really likes guitars. Like they really okay. get motivated when there's a, a guitar for a trophy. Well, you know who won the last guitar besides this one was 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 wake right we yeah. already we already talked about that okay just just <laughs> letting you know um but yeah so it's toby keith's tournament at belmar because everybody somebody asked me a couple weeks ago like 
why oh it was when i was at olympia fields they're like why isn't it at jimmy austin i'm like oh, it's, okay. at, it's yeah. at toby keith's club he loves having the tournament there it's they do a huge pro-am on the, the couple days beforehand so uh they do it up big there it's it's a great track and he's a great host from everything that i've heard and you know okay. he's really involved in the event so but it's a great event uh great early season event so nice nice so yeah, yeah. just want just want to touch on that one uh real quick and then, and then also um texas tech wins at inverness okay so great golf course at Inverness, Texas Tech gets their win, and Ludwig also gets, I believe, his first win of the season, who would be on a Haskins Award watch list to start the season. Obviously, number I think if he wasn't number one in PJ Tour U before this week, he is now, if, uh, based on, I think, the Yeah, the it last just one. came out yesterday, yeah, right? The, the one yeah. they just released, he is on that one, or he is number one in that ranking, so team to watch on the men's side as well. As much as we maybe don't talk about Texas Tech, they're getting, you know, they give us something to talk about. Yeah. Make it memorable, gentlemen. All right, let's do team of the week. Look, we, we and we can do it for the two weeks. We'll 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 lump in um, the week of. Oh, so we don't have to nominate two teams. That's not what I'm saying. No, no, no. But like we can lump in the results from OFCC and um, Mercedes, like that kind of weekend as well. What what do we think? I I'm gonna go with Wake Forest. Am um, I allowed to do that? Is that are we allowed to vote? for them two times in a row, two weeks in a I row. I did Georgia Southern two weeks in a row. So I'll allow it. <laughs> okay. But well, no, go ahead. If, you do what you want. If I'm allowed to. Do you, do you want to claim Wake Forest? <laughs> go ahead. No, okay. you, you were there at the event. So you're more, you are more than Okay, welcome. I'll, I'll go ahead and claim Wake Forest again. So, so, so you're going Wake Forest. Give me a, give me a quick, quick blurb as to why. Yeah. So I'm going to choose Wake Forest because they're just proving time and time and again, that they're, they're awesome. Um, they just had the Annika win, the comeback, you know, it kind of made it seem like, oh, we're, we're just going to, we're going to make it seem like they got a chance to win, but, um, we're actually, we're actually going to take home this win as well. Um, so yeah, just for going back to back wins, um, and just doing what they do, being able to grind and, and come back and take those wins. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll allow it. Ian, what you got for, for team of the week? Um, I've watched them play two weeks in a row. I think Illinois is really good. I think this is one of Mike Small's better teams. They're just season they're deep they're um put on two really good performances and two solid fields start the year they just won the folds of honor collegiate yesterday they finished um t2 at the ofcc the week before um i think the return of of adrian and tommy cool and the emergence of jackson buchanan and pearson hunt and then they get in a transfer um matisse besser from southern illinois who's come in and made the lineup both you know events to start the year i think that they're they're going to be pretty darn good this year. And I think, you know, they go to Dayton in a couple of weeks and, and, you know, finish off their fall. So uh, I think that it's, I think they're going to be pretty good this year. And they put on two good performances to start the season. So I'm going to go with Illinois. Cool. So, so he's nominating Illinois. I'm going to go with, I'm going Tennessee, I'm going Tennessee men. And here's, here's why what's, what's the event called SEC match play, right? And Tennessee won the match play event or the match play por portion, I guess you should say, of Vandy. So technically they won the event, right? Which I, I think speaks, I think that kind of speaks to the culmination of, of an NCAA championship as well. Obviously this is not the exact same format, but a lot of times at national championships, we forget who wins or who was the medalist for the team portion of stroke play. Because at the end of it, we hand out the trophy and the pictures and the article that we write, not that I write or that we write, but everybody else writes, is about the people that or the team that won the, the match play portion. Okay, so if you're going to hold an event called SEC match play, 
Okay, you don't actually have to win the stroke play portion, but you do need to play well enough to make it to the championship match. And then when you win that championship match against a team that was, again, first, 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 second, first, 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 I think something needs to be said about that. So this week I'm nominating University of Tennessee on the men's side for winning um, the SEC match play event. We'll go ahead and post that uh, that poll, as we always do, Friday afternoon-ish. And then we'll 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 do some shout outs to make make sure they uh they vote. But I like my chances with Tennessee. If if they can show up for a football game, they can show up for a Twitter poll. But yeah, so I like that's like my that's why I like my chances. Cool. Make it memorable, gentlemen. All right, quickly before, because I know we've been we've been talking for quite some time about the events that happened over two weeks. We'll go ahead and jump straight into a segment that we did, I think in our first episode. Best thing we saw this week. We're kind of going to ex- expand it, go. We're going to bend the rules a little bit. It, it can be the best thing you saw this week or something that you're going to see this week or in whatever the time space continuum realm of time is. So what's the best thing you saw? I'll, I'll let Ian go first. Um, yeah, we kind of touched on it earlier, but I had the opportunity to go up to American Dunes in Grand Haven, Michigan for the Folds of Honor Collegiate. The first year of that event this year, um, hosted, co-hosted by... <laughs> a multitude of people, um, the golf coach association, the folds of honor and okay. Michigan state, I guess would be the three hosts for that Michigan state, the pseudo host of, um, the event just being the closest to everything. And, and, and coach Casey Lubon and his staff did a great job, um, putting on that event alongside the GCA and the folds of honor. Um, uh, but it was, it was a, it was a really, really awesome event. Um, they did such a great job incorporating the, um, you know, the foundation of what the folds of honor is and kind of what they've done to kind of help um, the, the the children of fallen soldiers and providing scholarships and kind of included that. And they, they do an event in the fall, the Patriot Invitational, which is an individual event that's run in Arizona um, that the folds of honor puts on where players play for a fallen soldier, you know, on their bag, they have the name of the soldier, not gotcha. their own name. And so um, they, they, they did some very similar things to that this week, Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney, who's in charge of the folds of honor was out there Um head men's basketball coach of Michigan state, Tom Izzo okay. was out there to support the event. Um, kind of just encompassing everything that the folds of honor does. And, and, and at a golf course that was put together by them and it's, as well as Jack Nicholas and, and Jack was the course designer and the course is brand new. Um, 2020 was the first year that the course was uh, played and just an incredible track out near the lake in Lake Michigan uh, in Grand Haven. And uh, it was, it was a really cool field too as well as what i'll say is you had some some really good top end talent teams a lot of local teams in eastern michigan central michigan as well as the combination of hbcu schools as well um, that were included and so i think the coolest thing for me was just that immersion and inclusion of all these teams that probably won't get a chance to play together you know unless they come back to this event again and so to see all of those players kind of bond and connect through that week i mean there was a night where you know, the first couple nights, you know, they're all sitting with their teams. And then we go to dinner on Tuesday night and everybody's nice. hanging out. They're all together. These teams and that, like I said, that, you know, you look at a team like Virginia Union and a team like Illinois, they probably won't play in another event together. Right. But here they are together, getting the chance to play and spend time together and have dinner. And they're out on the lake making <laughs> s'mores. They're hanging out like it was it was a really cool experience to see all of those teams kind of just be together and be present in what that event was for and kind of in that moment. And so um, I think that that was, that was really cool. And like I said, they got to play a great golf course, um, you know, and they got to to do some cool things along the way. And, uh, but that was, that was cool for me to kind of see all of those teams be together and kind of 
like I said, be present in what that tournament was about and take that time to kind of continue to grow as players, but also meet new people and experiences along the way. So that was really cool for me to see. Um, and it was a great opportunity for me to be up there for them. And I think they're going to keep doing bigger things with that. And I think, you know, it'll be on golf channel next year. It's, yeah. you know, it sounds like, and it'll just keep getting bigger. And um, so, yeah, that was, that was what I did for the last yeah. five yeah, I'm say, it, I know you had, we had shared text messages back and forth just about how it was going. And you, I, I know, GG is also Greg Gross is also a, a, a big thinker, so I know he's not done. He's not done with whatever format he's got right now. So there, there's probably some things in in the future, whether it be golf channel, whether it be I think you mentioned that may separate it into, into two different weeks where it's men's and women's, but a lot of things in the works probably yeah. there to make it um may, maybe a date change. I think you mentioned as well to kind of kick off the season. So yeah, I think it's an event definitely to keep keep um keep our eyes on as we as it continues to develop into what it really wants to be. But that, that's cool that you got to be there for mm -hmm. the inaugural event of it. Um. Carolyn, what's yeah. what's the what's the best thing you saw this week? Yeah, well, since we're breaking the rules here, bending some time frames, um, mine's actually from last week at the Mercedes Invitational. I was sitting there um, watching people come in on 18 towards the end of the last round and just kind of minding my own business, uh, trying to get some photos some videos perhaps to to go ahead and post online when this uh, lady had come up to me and there's plenty of seating around but she decided to come over to me and ask if she could sit next to me and I said absolutely so I, I moved my computer out of the way and next thing you know we start talking and she's asking where I work if I work for one of the schools and I told her no I, I work for Golfstat and I'm here helping doing the live scoring and everything and she's, you know, like, oh, I, I love golf stat. I think it's a great thing. I think what you guys do is wonderful, you know, being able to watch your kids anywhere, um, just simply logging in online and, and watching online wherever they're at. Sure. And then we started talking about playing golf and asked if I played golf anywhere. So, of course, I tell her I used to play at IUPUI in Indiana. And she says that she used to play. Um, and she kind of plays now, but that, you know, it's just not the same getting, she didn't actually say it at the time, but getting older, um, you know, not having the, the strength anymore like she used to. And, you know, I made comments of like, well, you know, getting older does suck. And she of course laughed it off and was like, oh, please coming from someone that's probably younger than 30. And I have no idea who she is at this point yet. Then she started talking about how just nonchalantly tossed in that she helps start the women's golf team here at university of Tennessee. And, you know, at this time I'm, I'm like hunched over kind of like basketball sitting when you're on the bench, just watching. And I, I started to sit up a little straight. I'm like, Oh, like who, <laughs> who am I sitting next to here? So then she started talking about, you know, I used to, I used to play and yeah, I had play with the boys and all this other junk and calling it junk. Like it was, you know, nothing very humble, and, but yeah, so I mentioned that, you know, I, I helped start this golf team here many years ago and absolutely love it. Um, it seemed like that was probably the, the thing that she was most proud of was, you know, it didn't matter like, oh, yeah, I used to play with the boys, you know, whatever. That's in the past. She was like firsts for a lot of things, apparently at University of Tennessee, being like the youngest on the board um, and things like that. But it, it just to her, it didn't seem as important as I started this team. Um or help start this team. And so that was pretty, pretty cool and interesting. I knew, you know, sitting next to someone 
that means a lot to the golf community at UT. By the way, her name is Ann Furrow. And she started talking to how she's, you know, she had known um, Pat Summit, who, I mean, being a huge basketball fan, obviously coming from Indiana, what else do we have? But uh, grew up wanting to play for her. She is such an intense coach. Um, she told me stories about her and I felt really bad because I had to cut the conversation a little short. I had to go and, you know, get the scorecards, make sure everything was being verified correctly. So I felt really bad, but it was such an awesome moment to have with someone that was, that had such a huge impact at a college. It was great. It was great to see her and she handed out all of the awards to everybody. And yeah, it was just, it was a great experience. That's awesome. That sounds like a really cool experience. I think, I think it is crazy. The people that we almost unintentionally can meet you know, not, not only just with this job, but in life in general, but to have the chance to unknowingly at first meet someone like that probably is a pretty cool moment. Um, all right. Best thing I saw has not been sawn yet. It will be seen this week. You're the reason um, for the rule bending, but go yes, ahead. That is correct. Yes, absolutely. I started. <laughs> um, so I finally get to leave the house and I'm going to go to the blessings intercollegiate this week, which will be the first golf channel event televised this uh season if i'm not mistaken i'm not missing one because it, it was mm-hmm. marital last year but yeah okay so blessings intercollegiate um will be or sorry blessings collegiate invitational let me make sure i get the title correct blessings collegiate invitational um it's it's become one of my favorite events um this was an event i think this is the third third year that it, that it's been going on in northwest arkansas at the blessings which was the site of the national championship in 2020, if I'm not mistaken. 19. We didn't okay. play in 20, remember? I told you that year doesn't, <laughs> that year wasn't a thing. Uh, Don't you remember you spent like a month in Arkansas? You went to a Ocean yeah. Club after for our Because then I went Palmer to Ocean after. Yeah. yeah. So 2019 championship, sorry. Um, That's where we first we, met. That was. And oh. then, so so then we we shut down the season in the, in the season 1920. And then they start this event that following fall because not all teams were coming back. SEC was kind of doing an SEC only schedule where they were kind of traveling around to, you know, each each SEC team was kind of hosting. So this event kind of was born out of that um, partially Tyson foods kind of is a big, big thing in that area. So he kind of puts up or they, he and they kind of put on the, the, the event there at the blessings. They have a men's and a women's tournament. They also do a best ball format based on the scores that are going. They also do a combined one where they combine the scores of the men's and women's teams. Um, it's it's just always been the last couple of years. It's been an event that's felt more home than maybe maybe um, than than everywhere I go. It's always felt very very nice there. They got a really cool barbecue place, Wright's Barbecue, that I cannot wait to go get some brisket. Can that first first place I'm going off the plane? I don't care if it's like ten fifteen in the morning. I'm getting brisket. Um, so it's a couple of teams in the in the field or full field. It'll be eleven, I think eleven teams on the women's side, twelve on the men's, something like that. So we got Louisville, Ole Miss, uh, Texas A and M, Mississippi State, Cal, Arkansas, obviously as the host, Kansas, UNLV, UCF, Clemson, and UCLA. They'll also have a couple individuals from Arkansas as well. So yeah, just looking forward to getting back out there. Looking forward to get my travel season started um, and and seeing some college golf um in northwest arkansas so i was gonna say i've already been gone twice yeah i've never even gone anywhere yet dude i've been i've been, <laughs> been taking care up. of kids and doing schedule submission stuff dude it's been it's been quite the uh quite the september so yeah i'm, I'm ready to get ready to get um ready to get the travel season started well thanks everybody for listening to this week's edition of the golf Dad podcast if you've been listening for this long 
you might as well go ahead and hit that follow button. We'll see you next week.